Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, people. Welcome. Good people. Welcome. By the way, I don't want to discriminate bad people. Welcome as well. Anyone who want to learn more about SEO, about AI. Welcome. I'm so excited to discuss more about SEO with Modi Oberstein. How are you? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me back. I remember our first episode. A lot of valuable insights. I got up a lot of requests about weeks. So looking forward to learn more. It's interesting. And cool. All right. And we, yeah, and we discussed before chat gpt yeah today we can uh, touch more about this topic it's not like trending topic it's regular tool yeah in my toolkit i use a lot chat gpt and it works well with translation editing many things so Modi, before we start just remind about your self-experience background tell to our new listeners who might not know you what kind of business you have and how you can help with seo so i am morty overseeing the head of seo branding at wix basically Wix has evolved to a massive, I'll call it powerhouse in terms of uh, what you can do for SEO over the last uh, three, four years. And we've really opened up the platform. You can do a ton of things. You can work at scale. It's great for agencies now. Um, really a lot of things you can do inside of Wix for SEO. We're the only CMS that pulls in Google's URL inspection API tool. And you can inspect all the pages on your website in two clicks, one click, one click, two clicks. Doesn't matter at that point. Um, uh, history, I started off, wow, I, I really got into SEO. I was over at Rank Ranger. I was a content manager and their CMO. I was the uh, the uh, communications, um, head of communications for SEMrush. I still consult for SEMrush, so definitely check out SEMrush also. A little plug for them. And uh, I've been doing SEO. We're, we're approaching a decade. We're getting there. I'm, getting, I'm feeling a little bit old. This nice. Yeah. Nice. Love it. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Great experience. Um, Modi, I want to start with the first question. You mentioned that you implement i mean like to adapt ai to wix and you mentioned that you uh, users can use uh, gpt3 what about gpt4 because uh, we usually use this version because uh, results are more accurate much better so are you going to implement gpt4 i'm sure like i, I don't I'm, i don't know for sure the, the contents or the uh, the development pipeline but i'm i'm sure at some point as things go on like we were the i think we're the first cms to do something like this where basically you can integrate with with uh, GPT. You can create first off. We had for a long time. We had a thing called the ADI, and it's basically it's an AI system that builds your website for you. So mm -hmm. you tell it, "Hey, I want um, a, a, a local plumber blog website," and it'll spin up the website for you. All the structure there, and obviously you can change it around to customize it to however you want to do it. So we've been doing that for a long time which has been leading the AI front for years already. Um, and then when uh, you know, the, the, I'll call it the craze around AI, for lack of a better word, came along, we pulled in GPT-3. What you can do is you can create text on your website through the, through the API. So I don't know, you have a landing page for uh, selling socks in Pittsburgh. Random is anything. But that's the page that you have. You can use the, the AI text creator to create all the text on the web page. So you simply just tell, hey, I want to focus on this, create the copy for me, and then you create paragraphs, headers, whatever it is. So I'm sure at some point GPT-4 will be the actual integration there. I would imagine. I don't have official word on that, so I can't officially say, but it only makes good logical sense to me. 
Yeah, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, okay, Madi, um, I want to ask about, uh, you mentioned that you can use AI to create content directly on Wix. Uh, but I'm pretty sure if I use only AI, it will be not good content. Like uh, this content can't rank because we need to have experience. And uh, uh, what I found the last time, because I cooperate with many great writers who can post on Forbes, Investopedia, many other great websites. And I found all of them without any exception, use ChatGPT. They uh, generate text. Uh, that's okay. You can use it because we can't deny it. this tool exists. But uh, if you use, I mean, like not use, even overuse, if you overuse a lot, so I'm not sure that you can create something new and unique. We need to use it smart. So uh, including uh, if you do it on Wix. So can you do tell how to use smart? chat GPT or AI on Wix to get high quality content, create high quality content. So I'll tell you, I think it all depends on what you're trying to do. So the way I think about this, we actually had a webinar with Mike King and Ross, um, Ross, um, oh my God, Ross Hudgens about this. Um, if you use AI in a closed environment and you give it constraints and construct, you can get back something really nice. Like if I tell it, hey, here's a paragraph, write me a title. It's not open. It's the parameters are only within this piece of text. I have to write a header. I write a header for you, right? I'm an AI. I can do that. When you give it parameters, when you give it confines, borders, when you give it a close context, it does a better job. If you say, hey, write me a paragraph about uh, the New York Yankees. Mm -hmm. It's very vague. It's very general. If you're more specific, write me a paragraph about the history of the New York Yankees. It gets a little bit tricky. Like, um, for example, Summers has a tool called Content Shake, where basically you can do this, right? You can create yeah. an outline. It's great at the AI is great at creating an outline. You give it a topic, um, it comes back with an outline. The outline's pretty good, and you can create the content from there. But that's where it gets trickier, and that's where you really sort of need, like, even at the outline phase, right? Okay, I got the AI back. The AI spit me back an outline. Is that is that all that should be there? Maybe there should be more things that are that are there that I, I didn't I didn't or the AI didn't think of rather. So it, it's you have to give. I find that if you give the AI parameters, like one example I'll give you was we're working with a um, they're an e-commerce site on Wix, and what they did was they created through AI product descriptions, which is great, right? A product description is relatively straightforward. It's relatively simple. If you give if you give the AI a little bit of context and construct, you can get something back that's pretty decent, and then you can of course edit it, optimize it, uh, reconfigure it a little bit, add some personal experience to it. Which is what they did, what they did was they said, "Great, this is a product description." But as somebody who actually knows the product, I believe it or not, know more than the AI does, and I'm going to add yeah. <laughs> on to what the AI did and add in that personal experience around this product, things you should know about. Because again, the AI never used that product. The AI can't use a product. And in fact, if you were to ask AI, I remember, was it a bar or chat GPT? Does it matter? I guess not. Um, write a paragraph about um, the first time you drove a Ford Mustang. The AI said back, well, I haven't driven it. I can't tell you. I said, okay, like imagine like you were your first time driving a Ford Mustang. What would you, how would you describe it? Then it says, okay, fine. I'll write it for you. <coughs> the, what it gave back is pretty generic. 
because it's never yeah. driven a Ford Mustang before. It never will drive a Ford Mustang. It can't tell you those like really like meaningful details of actual experience. So what the website did was, okay, great. We have the, we saved a lot of time, a lot of energy writing the main product description. Let me supplement that. Let me add on to that with my actual knowledge of the product. So like those kind of ways of using ChatGPT, of using AI, um, of bringing in content with parameters and with adding on another layer onto it, I think is that as a framework, the best way to go about it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, it's interesting. You remind me Elon Musk once he uh, don't don't you to get me? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I have no connection to Elon Musk. Yeah, I know, I know, but you remind me Elon Musk. Oh uh, man. Um, yeah, you, uh, let me share a story. You know, uh, uh, once he posted uh, his question to ChatGPT before he started to criticize this tool, you know, publicly, uh, he tweeted uh, his prompt when he asked ChatGPT. Uh, hard question, you know. Uh, I spent like a, a few times to read this question to understand the Elon Musk point, to understand what he wants to get. And uh, he shared uh, a lot of details. He even used bad language, you know, and ChatGPT replied with this <laughs> similar language, you know. But uh, that was unique answer. It's not like if you ask how to play guitar, how to lose weight. Yeah, uh, he used uh, a lot of details and got this answer. Uh, I think it's a good idea to spend time with these prompts to find, to fit with more details. For example, when I write press releases, I usually research myself because ChatGPT usually uh, takes data from 2021. But if you research on Google, you can fit with the right data. Just give this data uh, and this tool will provide a good job. Yeah, I agree. You need to edit. That's it, you know. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, I want to ask you about writing the right descriptions. You know, you mentioned uh, when someone uh, uh, wrote descriptions. Uh, and, uh, you know, for example, I want to... Uh, know how to find the balance between, for example, apple.com and Amazon. You know, what's interesting on apple.com, uh, customers know Apple. They know iPhone, uh, AirPod, Apple Watch, everything. Uh, and uh, I can't find a lot of descriptions. If I scroll, if I click a few times, I can find descriptions. But in most cases, I get the feeling of uh, owning this brand. I want to have it. Um, and Apple uh, provides a good job to create this feeling, especially especially in presentations. Uh, Steve Jobs started uh, with sharing stories. Today, Tim Cook, after uh, sharing a story about new Apple Watch, after that, I bought three pairs for me, for my son, for my <laughs> wife. You know, because these guys probably kill me, you know, if I buy only for myself. But, you know, it's interesting. <laughs> That's <expensive laughs> After... proposition. Yeah, yeah. Apple knows how to sell a lot of expensive products, you know, compared to other smartwatches that we have today. And anyway, uh, I got the feeling of owning this brand without descriptions, without a lot of features, details. On Amazon, uh, customers needed you know uh, amazon sells a billion products they have format you can find everything uh, top funnel bottom funnel everything reviews photos descriptions text everything on in one single page and i see this struggle when online shops or uh, e-commerce websites can't <coughs> find the balance between sharing a lot of details and less details so can you tell how to find the, the right ratio between apple yeah, and I, amazon i have a lot of 
strong feelings about this. I, I think the way, so first of all, it depends on the context, right? On Amazon, I'm buying a specific product that I don't really necessarily know about. Um, I might I, I might need to know the technical specifications of it because I don't like an iPhone. I know what I know. I know what an iPhone is. I get it. I've seen it a million times. I know exactly what's in there. We're good to go. I need like a few details. That's about it. If I'm buying, you know, a, a new pair of jeans, what size is it? You know, how, what's the thread count? I'm making this up. Is it you know elastic and not? I have no idea. I'm making all these details up. But I need to know them. So it really does depend. What I think you're, what you think you're bringing is a great point about branding, and I love branding. It's half of what I do is branding, creating brand identity, creating a a, a, a brand language, creating a brand, um, a sense of association and positioning around your brand is incredibly important, and it's incredibly powerful. Apple's one of the best cases of that, right? You immediately know you have your immediate associations, you have immediate feelings, you have immediate understanding just because of the way they position themselves as a brand. And I think, by the way, just a side point, in the, in the age of AI, that's an amazing thing to have because you need to be able to stand out. Forget SEO for a minute. Forget whatever channel, social, paid. At a certain point, because content's going to be spun up like crazy, you need to figure out a way to stand out and be different because the, the barrier to entry is gone. It used to be, well, not everybody can create content. I can create good content. But everybody can create content, theoretically, maybe. You need to figure out a way to differentiate yourself because there's going to be a lot of noise and people are going to be looking for the brands that stand out from the rest. So branding is super important. I, I, I have a lot of feelings about those kind of things in particular, whether it's a product description or a landing page. Um, landing pages are like one of my favorites. Very similar. Right? How many, how, how in depth do I go on the landing page? Do I list all the functionality or all the services that I offer? Do I go very like top level? I don't know where to start because I think a lot of our landing pages, for example, and then we do this on product pages to a lesser extent, but to, just to illustrate the point, just to use landing pages for a minute, we speak like you ever see an old commercial with a, a car salesman saying, Come on down to Mike's. Get this great car. It's the best car ever. Come right on down. The, you'll get the best deal. I guarantee it. Five years from now, we're going to look at the landing pages that we write where you're like a most best, most actionable SaaS platform ever. Ultimate insights. Uh, unleash the full power of your marketing strategy. We're going to look at that. Like we look at these used car commercials. Come on down to Mike's. Get the greatest deal. I guarantee it. The way that we, I think the way that people look at content, I think their expectations around content don't align to the way we write. For example, people are far more skeptical. People are far more uh, suspect of what you're writing. They're, they're far more aware. They're a little bit, okay, like, is this real? Is this not real? Am I gonna, is, can I trust you? Can I believe you? And when you write, come on down, get the best deal ever, or ultimate competitive insights. I don't think that comes off trustworthy. I think what people want, and I'm going out on a limb, I have no research on this, but it's my instinct. They want to be talked to. They want to be understood. They want to have a, a, a dialogue almost, a conversational. So as opposed to best insights ever, it's, hey, this is your problem. We understand that. This is what we do to solve that problem. It's less salesy. It's less in your face. 
So whether the, de- the level of details or not the level of details is one question. But before you even get to that question is, how do you actually talk to the customer, to the user? And if it's far more conversational than it was before, then I think that also guides the description. Because I think what happens is when those descriptions or those landing pages, we get so anxious about pushing it as hard as we can to make sure that the user sees everything that we're doing and that we're the best, that we write ultimate competitive insights, and then we list every stupid feature possible because we're just trying to push it as hard as we can. But if you take the outlook that the user really wants to have a conversation with you so that they feel understood, so they trust you, then it's not about all of those details, right? Maybe you list like the key things that solve the pain point of the, pro- of the problem the user is facing. And then you click to learn more, learn more. And then you can see the whole list. Okay, I'm going to buy this. I like this. Let me, uh, let me understand a little bit more. Like what's the full specs? But I think it's about understanding like where the user is at in their journey. When they first hit that, that landing page or if they first hit, let's say it's a, a product. They want to understand in general, what is this product and that you, they, this product can help me. This product gets me. It understands me. It's going to help me. If at the bottom of the page, you want to list all of the details after the user said, okay, this is a great product for me. This product really speaks to me. It really understands me. Let me make sure I have all the specs right. You have a separate tab or all the way at the bottom. You have all of the details that I can go and find them. I need like fine. But I don't think in this day and age, shoving all of it in the user's face is the right way to go because I think that's not what people are looking for. Obviously, it all depends on what the product is, what the service is, and so forth. But as a rule, that's just how I look at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nice. Well explained. Uh, sorry, you know, you remind me another billionaire. Uh, I know you don't like when I wish I had all this money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you can, you can, So, but you need one day. Yeah, one day, a- anything is possible. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, yeah, let me share a short story about Jeff Bezos. You know, once he got a research team uh, uh, and this team asked him to give more time to learn about customers uh, because they have no enough data, but uh, Jeff denied. He told we have enough data because... Jeff knows customers and uh, the product was Alexa. Today, almost all homes in the US have this product and uh, Jeff got enough data. I'm interested, you know, about getting enough data because uh, I spoke with a few great data experts and many of them told me that uh, it's better to have enough data than over data because it might confuse. Can you tell how weeks learn customers, how you learn them, how you create <coughs> customer experience that satisfy their intent. So I can't talk about Wix across the board because it's a huge company with yeah, so course, many different course. teams. So I'll talk about my team and what we do. So yeah. the basic contract is, first off, we brought in people who understand, we talk about SEO, who understand SEO. Myself, Crystal mm-hmm. Carter, George Wynn. We're not just like, okay, we market to SEO. We're positioning the brand for SEO. We educate about SEO. We're SEOs. So that, that's one approach. Actually, like bring in the people. Now, you can't always do that. So fine. But like, that, that literally is the best way to do it. Bring in the actual experts and make them part of your team. I, I, I think obviously like speaking with people is great. Tapping into the community, 
that, that you're targeting, having your finger on the pulse, really being a part of it. There's no way around it. Even if you're not, a, you know, if I, you're, you're selling, uh, you know, car engines and I'm not, I'm not a mechanic. Okay. But at least like be, understand that conversation. What are the mechanics talking about? What problems are they having? There are things you can relate to, right? They're running a business. What are their problems? I don't understand the inner workings of, you know, combustion engines or whatever, but I understand a business. I understand people. Okay. So what are the problems that they're having? Talk to as many people as possible. Asking the right questions is really like the main thing. Understanding enough that you ask the right question is really, really important. And then at a certain point, I kind of agree with what, what, you know, what Jeff was saying there, like enough. At a certain point, it's enough because at a certain point, you can have as much data as possible. But unless you change or unless you align or unless you take a certain approach, it doesn't matter. I'll give you a like a. I'll give you a case. We're, we're launching a um, a new page that talks about our SEO features and our SEO offering and and whatever. It'll be up in a few months. So very early stages. And at a certain point, like look, we we've talked to SEOs. We are SEOs. We talked to SEO agencies. We talked to our own partnering agencies. At a certain point, like you have the information. Now you need to make a decision. Do we focus so heavily on the product, let's say, or do we or do we focus more on the user? And I think, by the way, let's say for a SaaS platform or whatever, it really applies to any business. That's a very difficult decision because instinctively you want to say, let's talk about the product. Let's show how great we are. Right? The product is great. The product is amazing. We're amazing. And it sounds cliche, but it's, it's hard to get off of that drug. And one of the things that we like to do is give a balance of that. Whenever we talk, like, yes, like we have an amazing product. It's cutting edge SEO technology. It really is. But you, 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 you could talk about that till you're blue in the face. Unless you are able to stop and say, you know what? Like, let's take this from the other side. Let's take this from the user's point of view. What's important to them? How do they see it? Right? Like, oh, um, great. Like, I don't have my client, like all of like their retainer doesn't go to maintenance. All of their, all of their money goes to SEO growth because we don't have any problems with plugins. Great. Uh, there's the, you know, we could say something like a um, uh, good case, like, uh, yeah, like, you know, all of our structured data markup code that we auto automatically generate, we're constantly updating it. It's con it's the best cleanest markup code on the planet. That's nice. That's, that's mm -hmm. cool. Right. Or we could phrase from the customer's point of view. Look, when you do something, when you implement something on Wix, that's long-lasting growth that sticks because the technical implementation not only stays the same, meaning it's not it's stable, but it gets better as we add more, as we do more, as we constantly add on to the platform. So you, as an SEO, can give your client long, stable growth. You don't have to worry about like the SEO work that you did, an external force outside of the algorithm is going to come along and mess up that work for you. Even if you don't touch it, it's going to improve on itself because we're always improving the platform. It's less about the product and more about what that product does for you. At a certain point, you can have all of the data in the world, endless data, unless you make that decision, say, stop. It's not about us. It's about the client or the, or the customer or the consumer. And, and be willing to put yourself second. Because we, I know we said like customer first, customer first, customer first. That's nice. But that does mean putting yourself second. 
So yeah. you have to be able to say, I'm second, they're first. Let's phrase it and put it in a way that makes sense for them, not for us. So data is great, but that mindset matters more, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I, I see the same issue on the LinkedIn. You know, when someone asks me, what's going on? Why my LinkedIn account <laughs> doesn't sell? When I check out, I see selfish account. Most accounts yeah. are selfish. They don't care about customers. They care about themselves. Nope. They want to highlight how they are great. They're guru, pro. Guys, Neil Patel doesn't call himself guru. <laughs> you know, Gary doesn't call himself guru. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so uh, only one time I saw when Neil Patel uh, shared that somewhat whole, uh, called him guru. He didn't uh, do it for himself, but someone can call him because, yeah, of course, of his experience sharing online uh, great products. So, yeah, uh, that's why. Uh, you need to highlight why, how you can help uh, help customers, how you support them, what kind of benefits can you bring to the table. Then customers will buy from you. And yeah. you know, uh, you, you mentioned about uh, differentiate yourself. You know, uh, and uh, I remember another great uh, book from Seth Godin, Purple Cow. You don't need to read this book to understand. Uh, this book, you know, the title can explain a lot, <laughs> can explain a lot. But you know, what's interesting, uh, I see when webmasters confuse between user intent and stand out from the rest because uh, we need to learn user intent to understand what users want to get. Uh, that's why we usually check out the top 10 results. And in most cases, webmasters rewrite, don't create something new because they need to consider user intent. Users want this, so let's bring this. So can you tell how to do it in ACO? In marketing, I understand 100%. So we need to create something new. But in ACO, how to do it considering user intent? Yeah, I mean, once you understand what the user is looking for, what they want, um, you, you kind of have like a general direction of where to go. But that general direction isn't, doesn't influence or doesn't dictate how well you do that. right? So I understand like my audience, they want this. They don't want that. But now you actually have to execute that. And you have to do it in a way where you really are able to stand out and differentiate. And to me, and again, like it comes back to the old question of, oh, not the old question, but like the current question of um, experience, expertise, all the, the EEAT, and how that plays itself out in the, in the world of AI. And having that level of experience really differentiates yourself. And by the way, it's not just that, right? It's it's the level, it's the, it's the constant level of content quality, right? The constant level of experience that you're offering, the constantly showing Google that these pages are reliable, that the content generated on them is, is, is experienced. It's, it's based on experience. It's based on expertise. It's very topically focused. It's very topically oriented. And then on top of that, doing things that actually, like once the audience finds you, you need to do things like having your own voice, having your own style, having your own framework, having your own methodology, having your own way of expressing the information. So yeah, from an SEO point of view, you need to do all of those things around experience. Like the biggest thing I say is like focus on experience. How can I, how can my personal experience with whatever we're talking about make my content better? Uh, I got a quick example that I'll just give you what I mean by that is there's a product review for like dog carriers, like pet carriers. We go on like an airplane. Yeah, and for like the, the pros and cons list, this website, like one of the things they were listing was like, um, what was it? It smells weird out of the box. 
doesn't really help me. Like, all right, fine. It's my, but it did help me to see like, hey, like these people, they actually used it. They know what they're talking about. There's no way you would have thought to add that unless you actually took the carrier out of the box and said, that smells weird. That is the weirdest smelling dog carrier ever and wrote mm -hmm. that, which means I can trust the content. So that, that leveraging your actual experience with whatever it is that you're doing or whatever you're talking about is how you differentiate yourself, both for search engines and for people. And then like for the people themselves, you need to go one step further. And you need to have a brand positioning, brand identity, a style, a tone. You know, I, one time someone asked me like, hey, uh, you, I'll write the article. We'll just put your name on it. I'm like, first off, no, I don't like doing that. It's not my thing. Two is I have a unique way of writing. Like if you pay enough attention to my articles, you'd be like, oh, okay. Like I see how he writes. They're very long sentences. They're super annoying. They're complex <laughs> sentence structure. All of that stuff. All those little idiosyncrasies that like, you know, when I see like in Yoast, like it's red, I don't care. Um, <laughs> if you were to write it for me, you wouldn't do that. So it's off brand. Like I built a brand on my content. Why would I ask somebody to write it if it's not going to be on brand? So you have to think about, okay, great. Google gets it. It's really great content, but the user also needs to be able to, to differentiate it. And the user needs to be able to say, Hey, I'm looking at this content. I understand that the content is your content. And I want to come back to it because I like what you did with it. I like that tone. I like that style. I like the way you laid it out and so forth. So it's expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness, experience, the extra E, but another layer on top of that of your own brand style. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Valuable. Love it. Love it. Let's talk about mistakes. You know, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, you know, but I don't know another way to learn. <coughs> Especially, uh, I love to start myself. Anything new, for example, when we started press releases, to write press releases, I wrote a bunch of press releases. I felt all times, you know, with these press releases without any results, but I got how it works, how I can adapt. And today I cooperate with great experts who can write this press releases, short studies. I cooperate with people who can pitch these press releases. Uh, I am in the middle, you know, just uh, to manage all these people and we get these awesome results, Forbes, CNN. And, uh, you know, uh, can you list common mistakes that webmasters still do in weeks, SEO and your tips how to find another way to get results? I mean, like mistakes that we can avoid today. Yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's like Wix specific. I think like one of the things that I still see out there is, um, I was talking about this the other the, the um like uh, the other day with somebody, homepages. I remember back when I was at Semrush, I looked at like like a, like a thousand homepages, and the idea was, can I understand just by looking at the the above the fold content of the homepage, what this website does? Because if I can't understand it, there's no way in hell Google can. Mm -hmm. And 70% of the websites, so 700 out of the thousand that I looked at, literally a thousand. I had no clue what the hell they did. I was looking at one earlier today. I was like totally confused. Like, do they do this? Do they do that? I, it's, a, it's a major, I'm not going to say who it is, but it's a major enterprise brand on Wix. And they, they, the team asked me to look over the website. Say, okay, like, you know, how can they improve? I'm like, you know, I, I get what they're doing, but it's not explicit enough. So if I'm Google, I'm looking at the homepage, 
I don't really get it. Like people still all the time, they'll take an H2 and they'll write something like, you know, better than the best, better than the best. What? Like, what is it? What are you talking about? Better than the best ice cream sandwiches. Oh, okay. Better than the best ice cream sandwiches. Now Google understands that it's ice cream sandwiches. Now I understood it's ice cream sandwiches because under the H2, better than the best was a giant ass picture of an ice cream sandwich. I get it. But Google doesn't get it. And people make this mistake all the time. And you think like, uh, you know, it's an outdated term, but webmasters are not SEOs. Devs are not SEOs. Content writers are not SEOs. SEOs exist like in this like happy spot that's like the middle of all of that. And are trying to like help everybody navigate this thing because for a, for a dev, I care about the like you know X, Y, and Z. For a content writer, I care that it's catchy. Yeah. Uh, if, I'm yeah. A, if I'm a graphic designer, I care about the layout. And, and very few people can take it all together and say, okay, the layout's really important. The load time's really important. Um, the content's really important. Here's how we put it all together in a way that you can understand it and Google can understand it. And that's what an SEO does. We're like the mm -hmm. the we're like the referees for a website, trying to sort out this like giant mess. Yeah, and people nice. make you know, all the time. You know, you remind me another man. Uh, also sorry, a billionaire. This, no, no, this time is not oh, billionaire, but but okay. he, he was one of the best marketers ever. Josh Sugar. I'll take it. No, I'll take it. <laughs> and he wrote a book, uh, <clears throat> How to Retain. Uh, customers uh, to read until the end your content he wrote this book like 40 years ago and you know all these insights i can relate from this book to digital marketing uh, you know i can feel that he wrote this book about digital even more because you know uh, when we started seo uh, we used a lot of techniques to satisfy algorithm today seo is more about marketing you now to satisfy customers users uh, and yeah you highlight points like simplicity you know to understand customers because yeah if you share a lot you you confuse them they don't know what to click where to go <laughs> how to buy your products and yeah you need to create the feeling uh, of uh, owning your products how these products can decide your problem satisfy your uh, intent improve your quality of life yeah i completely agree okay I want to ask you about experience. You know, I, I have a lot of students in my network and they don't know where to start, how to learn SEO. Uh, I often see uh, much better results with customers who understand SEO. If they don't, I tell them, take my course, learn from Lily Ray, Mike Phillips, Jeff Coyle. You know, it costs like $20. Um, it's not my business model, you know, to sell courses. Go to YouTube, Google, m many ways, many resources how you can learn today but uh, learn and experiment test i want to ask you if you started today without any experience knowledge skills what will you do today to learn more about seo uh well selfish plug go to the wix seo learning hub but um oh yeah yeah <laughs> hey mark <laughs> no. is gonna market um no if, if it's uh, great that's okay <laughs> you know it is great um i i think i always go back to to barry schwartz I would mm -hmm. go read SE Roundtable every day. You're not going to get, <clears throat> you know, what is a title tag? What you're going to get is Google. Uh, Google's now rewriting title tags more frequently than ever. And if you don't know what a title tag is, like, wait a second, what the hell is he talking about? Title tags, rewriting, what's going on? Let me Google what a title tag is. Let me Google uh, 
you know, this, let me Google that. And I, I, I started, I, when I started, I was reading, you know, search engine land and, you know, all these other resources. But what really got me into it was following the seroundtable.com, Barry and, and his news and whatever I didn't understand, which was at the time, a lot Googling it. Like, what is that? What is that? What is that? And then piecing yeah. it all together. So take whatever course, do it. Read the Wix SEO Learning Hub. Do that too. Uh, Semmer's got a great blog. There's, you know, my, there's a lot of great resources out there. But if you keep up with the news every day, you'll really start to get a sense of like where things are going, what's happening, what's out there, what are things you may not have even known were problems that people are bringing up. And it'll help you just expand your topics without even realizing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Or and just ask ChatGPT. Yeah. But ChatGPT to get from Daniel 21. Ask Bart. Think, you know, Bart. Yeah. Uh, I think Barry Schwartz uh, shares actual data. <laughs> no breaking well, I mean, news. I'm, I'm hoping Barry's been updated since 2021. We'll have to ask him if he's been updated since 2021. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, my final question about uh, SEO future. Um, we got a lot of opinions that AI can't beat SEO. Uh, we have opinions that A AI will beat SEO. Probably augmented reality will beat. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Mark Zuckerberg tried to with virtual reality. But, you know, <coughs> I, I see when people uh, don't confuse what SEO means. They usually think SEO teaches how to get high-ranking positions, but SEO teaches how to create high-quality content, how to satisfy customer intent, how to earn backlinks that bring traffic, you know, create brand awareness. It's not only about Google ranking. And I think if you create links to satisfy Google, you can't succeed. But if you create links that help, users customers then google will consider these links more than any other links and uh, uh, you know i often see when uh, for example even uh, marketers who uh, used tv and radio they didn't lose jobs they adapted to digital and i want to ask you what kind of future will be take your crystal ball <laughs> share the future because my crystal ball doesn't work. I tried with uh, <laughs> crypto. Uh, I bought this cryptos when someone told me, you know, uh, this <laughs> will go up three times, but uh, <laughs> vice versa, I got three times less. <laughs> so anyway, oh yeah. Uh, oh and uh, I, you know, I, I usually don't put all eggs in one basket. That's okay. I can lose. I can win. That's okay. You know, I, I don't worry a lot about that. It's only money. I can uh, add more money. You know, even it brings more motivation <laughs> to work hard. There okay. Uh, yeah. Modi, tell about spin. your future in SEO. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So I think the future of SEO and the future of web content are, are very interlinked because of AI. Um, mm -hmm. The, I was just talking about this on the Strips Up podcast with Crystal Carter the other the other day. Um, when I was a kid, there's a, a TV show called Matlock, and when you were home from school, it was it's it, it, it's I liked it, but it's really a TV show for your grandmother. It's not very fun. It's not very exciting. It's not a great TV show. Again, I think it is. But when you're home and you're sick, when you were a kid, we didn't have cable before cable. You had five channels, and that's it. Four of the channels had soap operas on. I wasn't watching that. I was watching Matlock. That's the only thing I want. That was the only thing that was on. So 
I'm sure all the other kids my age who were homesick from school that day were also matching Matlock. So all of the grandmothers and all of the kids home from school were watching Matlock because that's all there was. And if you looked at their, you know, Matlock's numbers, I'm sure they had wonderful numbers. So many viewers every day. Does that actually mean the content was good? Does it actually mean that, that people wanted that content? I would have loved to watch a cartoon or, or a baseball game over Matlock, but there was nothing else. There's only five channels, yeah. no cable. There's no street. There's no Netflix. There weren't computers. I'm so old. You had to watch Matlock, and Matlock had great numbers because that's all there was. When you look at web content today, I think most of it sucks. But a lot of it gets a lot of traffic. Why? Because there's nothing else. Or because people get people go to that page. They're like, okay, imagine like this scenario. I Google out five ways to best ways to build links. Sometimes Google shows me great content. Sometimes Google shows me eh content. I go to one of these pages, you know, five easy ways to build links right now for ultimate web traffic. I look at this like, this is, this is not good. It's not going to work. Anybody knows, any schmuck knows this is not going to work. And I leave. Is that web traffic? Is that really web traffic? Technically, yes. I went yeah. to that page. Analytics triggered. Google Search Console triggered the click. Everything triggered. I go into Google Analytics, I'll see one visitor. So that's web traffic, right? Yeah. But that to me is like Matlock web, web traffic. Like that's like everybody's watching Matlock because there's nothing else. There's nothing else. There's a lot of crap. And people are going to these websites because there ain't nothing else. Or that's what's being shown. But if there was something better being shown, I'd really much rather have that. I think web traffic is inflated. Let's just say there's a billion hits every day. I think only a million of them, just making these numbers up, are legitimate people going and getting what they want. That to me is web traffic. I go, I get what I want. Not I go, I bounce, I guess this is good enough. I don't know. This doesn't seem so great. Or I got part of my answer and I got to go somewhere else to get the rest of it. And it's somewhere else after that to get the rest of that. That to me is not real, genuine web traffic. I think what's going to happen with SGE on the SERP, Google's AI experience on the results page, is that people are going to be sent to far more specific websites. So like Google's talking about uh, hidden gems, showing you the hidden gems of the, of the web or perspectives, all these kind of things. So you'll get the, you know, uh, using the example that Google gave, you know, uh, I want to take my kids and my dog hiking, which is better, Bryce National Park or the Grand Canyon? And Google gives me an answer. It gives me three results to the side, four results to the side, whatever it is. Those results are going to be far more, hopefully, far more specific, very relevant to that topic of hiking with my dog and my kids at Bryce Canyon or the whatever it was, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, the Grand Canyon, whatever it was. All of the other results that, let's say, are just like general fluff that maybe would have gotten traffic before but now don't. Or I'll be, oh, we didn't get traffic. Google's killing the web. Are they really? Who said you really should have gotten that traffic to begin with? Yeah. And I think you know when Google showed the SGE, if you have the access to the beta, there's the expanded version where I can explore it. So Google gives me a write-up of if I have kids and I want to go hike up Bryce Canyon, then you can do that on this trail, but not on that trail. And don't forget this and don't forget that. Like a feature snippet, right? 
I can expand that. And then for each line that Google wrote, it gives me results. Like uh, Bryce Canyon is great for kids on this trail. And then it has three results about that trail. If I want to see all about that particular trail that Google's offering, I'll click on those results. I'll click on one of those results rather. Because I'm getting specific information about what I specifically want. Google has been, uh, there's data, I haven't released it yet. It's from nozzle.io. And it shows that above the fold, the number of organic URLs, I'm sorry, the number of unpaid URLs have gone up by like, you know, whatever number percent. Like the, uh, on average, there's 10 more, 10 more unpaid URLs on the top of the, on the uh, top half of the SERP, above the fold SERP than there were since 2021. When I say unpaid URLs, what I mean is not just organic results, but things like uh, site links. People also ask links or links to other SERPs, whether that be through filters, whether that be a carousel, whether that be through broaden this search or refine this search, all of these other buttons and all these other links that take me to a new SERP, there's way more of them since 2021. That's what the data shows. Why? Because Google knows when I say, I want to go for a hike. They know I don't really want like best hikes in New York. They want you. Google knows that I want something like uh, best hikes in New York in the wintertime near a lake for kids. And it gives me ways, all these extra links that it's added since 2021, it gives me ways to find that specific information. You know what's interesting though? The number of clicks hasn't really gone up that much. It's gone up a little bit. CTR has gone up a little bit, but the data shows it hasn't gone up a ton. I'm blowing. I have a whole study coming out about this. I'm blowing it already. I'm giving you a tease, I guess. <laughs> nice. Meaning, meaning the 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 CTR hasn't really gone up to the extent of the, the number of links that are now on the page, on the SERP. Meaning, Google's offering you a, a ton, tons of ways to go to the next SERP, refine your query, extend your query, go to a different query because it knows you want something specific, but it's not targeted. It's just giving you a bunch of stuff. And hopefully like one of these filters, one of these other links, one of these carousels, one of these answers is what you want. With C, with SGE, it gives you specifically what you want. And if it doesn't, you can refine the query and then you get specifically what you want. And the results that they're giving you along with it are specific to what you want. Meaning when you click on something, what you'll hopefully get is something way more targeted, way more specific to what you want. So while overall traffic across the web might go down, but traffic to the pages that you actually want, traffic to the, the first time will go up, I think. So the more specific you are, the, the, the better your content is, the, the, the more is targeted to specific questions or specific user needs, not like, all right, let me get everybody in the whole world coming to this to this page. The better you'll do. And you might see less traffic, but you'll see more targeted traffic. People who are actually relevant. People who are actually satisfied by your content. People yeah. who are, your content actually speaks to. So I don't think the question is, is there going to be more or less web traffic? I think the question is, what's the quality of that web traffic going to be with SGE? And I think it'll be better, I hope. Yeah, I agree. I, I see this trap when webmasters uh, are looking to promote high volume keywords, you know, but 
it's hard. It's really hard. For example, if I take Casio, I need to compete with uh, Moss, Neil Patel, <laughs> many <laughs> great, prominent resources. And in the second, it doesn't mean that I can sell by having this keyword. Because also, if I Google SEO, is that really what I want? Maybe I want how to learn <laughs> SEO. What I, mean, what I really want is how to learn local SEO. Yeah. F- focus is very important. And uh, it's not about traffic. Yeah, as you mentioned, it's more about how you can sell with this traffic. If traffic yeah. doesn't sell, it's useless. You don't need this traffic. <laughs> and right. once I spoke with a master who lost 400,000 traffic because Google dropped his ranking positions, but he didn't lose any sales. So he got a lot of traffic. Yeah, all the time. I had all the time. I, <laughs> I was working on a website. They lost, they lost impressions, but they gained clicks. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Mori, it's a big pleasure to get on my show again. I love all your valuable insights. You're so kind to share this value. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Just call me and I'll be there. <laughs> Uh, I'm on Twitter <laughs> at Morty Oberstein and I'm on LinkedIn as well. You can find me there. Okay, guys. I uh, add LinkedIn, Twitter account, and Wix.com in the description below. Listen to us on Apple, Google, Spotify. Uh, thanks again for your time. Love it. Welcome back anytime to share more valuable insights. I, I'm looking when you share the study. So I'll uh, okay. shout out with my audience, of course, guys. Thank you. Uh, check out my post. Check out... Uh, Uh, More on LinkedIn, you can find the study, uh, as we mentioned, and see you next time. Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.